Dan Bongino. I have an obligation to come on the air with data and material and research. I can't just say, trade stinks. Thanks for tuning in. The Dan Bongino Show. Well, let's jump right in because we have no time for nonsense. Get ready to hear the truth about America. When I was a young man, I don't remember it being sexy to want to allow a nanny state to control my life. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? I think I'm doing well, Dan. (laughs) Joe screwed up the whole countdown to the show. I just want everyone in our uh, audience to know that. When you've been doing a show together as long as Joe and I have, uh, you know, every day for two years with no vacations and no breaks, you get used to a certain routine. And Joe does the same thing when we count in. He says, all right, three, two, one. So today, for some bizarre reason... Joe decided to add two numbers to that. He was like, countdown, five, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I stopped myself. <laughs> whoa. We were all like, what the hell? Now, ordinarily, it wouldn't be a big deal, but when you're used to Joe's routine, that kind of screwed me up. So let's yeah. see if we can recover from today's show. I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> Poor Joe. Poor guy. That's all right. I keep getting requests for Joe's T-shirt company, too. So We're, we're we going to do something about it. I know. That. My wife had a good one yesterday, too. I already forgot that. I forgot what it was. She had a great slogan for the T-shirt company we're going to eventually do. All, All right. right. Enough. Let me get to the show. Hey, first, before we even start, uh, sincerely, when I say I pray for people, I actually mean it. I don't like when people say that and don't follow through. You know, we'll pray for you. Well, if you say it, you know, mean it. And I do mean it. I agree. It. I agree. You know, John McCain... The guy's an American hero, folks. I mean, listen, he's in politics. We're supposed to have political disagreements, okay? You know, I loved Don Mattingly growing up. He was the first baseman for the Yankees, but he struck out a lot. Well, he didn't strike out a lot, compared, but you know what I'm saying? People fail seven out of ten sure. times. I mean, politics is a game of back and forth where people have competing ideas. That's the arena McCain entered in. That has nothing to do with any of this. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is McCain was diagnosed yesterday with a particularly aggressive form of brain cancer. And a lot of friends of mine who are very conservative, who have very sincere ideological disagreements with the senator from Arizona, tweeted out a lot of really nice things. And I saw some of the comments back, Joe, and they were like, really? People yeah. like, this guy's responsible for the death of millions of people. I was like, oh, my gosh, folks, come, really? Come on. I mean, there's you know, there's a time for I'm not lecturing anybody at all. And I'm, I know my most of the people in my audience, I never get those kind of tweets back, but you know, this isn't the time for that. The guy's got brain cancer. You know, he was a POW. Uh, for, for, I mean, the guy's a genuine American hero. He was a Republican nominee for president. Gosh, I ran for office. I couldn't even, I couldn't win the election. I mean, the guy won multiple elections and almost won the presidency. So, you know, prayers out to John McCain. I hope he um, that strength he was able to marshal in that POW camp gets him through this. So God bless. Um, yeah, tough story to hear. And uh, I have a winner, by the way, also on a different note. All right. Kind of a strange segue there, but I have to get this stuff out of the way. We had a contest for episode 501, and uh, for the, the, the idea was uh, I saw an email about the Democrats were looking for a new slogan for their party. So I said, well, tweet us a new slogan and follow CRTV. We'll pick a winner. I'll give you a free copy uh, signed to one of my books. We'll send it to you. You get a free year of CRTV. And uh, we there were a lot of submissions, a lot. Uh, some of them were really, really good. And uh, my wife and I singled out one I thought was really funny. Here's the Democrats' new slogan, according to our friend, <laughs> Dan Gedman Jr., at D-A-N-G-E-D-M-A-N-J-R. So you're going to have to email me at Dan Gedman Jr. I'm Daniel at Bongino.com. 
You're going to have to email me uh, so I can get you the information. And the slogan is, <laughs> I like this one. It was short. It was sweet. It was funny. You scratch my back, I'll stab yours. There you go. <laughs> the Democrats, new party slogan. Yeah. I love it. That's it. All right. For the bumper sticker, you scratch my back, I'll stab yours. So there are a lot of great submissions. And folks, <laughs> we'll be doing a lot more of these in the future. We'll be giving away some signed books and stuff. So don't worry if you didn't win. We'll uh, we'll be doing a couple more. I have a lot of books laying around, so we'll get nice to those. So yeah, nice job. Okay. Um, I filled in for Levin couple nights ago and I had a lot of liberal callers I asked for those and I was talking about Obamacare I don't want to do another show and all right enough with Obamacare I get it um but I do want to do a show about covering some of the the callers that called to defend the government's role in medicine outside of just Obamacare Joe and the, the question I asked at the beginning of the show to set this up when I was filling in for Levin is name me one government program for in in the healthcare sphere that's been successful and tell me what your measure of success is i got a lot of callers they were very good it wasn't a yell fest which sometimes i engage in regretfully um they were they were very smart callers i joe i know you got some feedback on the show um Mm -hmm. and we had a good like seven eight minute back and forth with some of the liberal callers i highly encourage you to listen to it on uh, the mark levin show you can go to marklevinshow.com and check out the podcast and they were really really good callers now they were wrong um, <laughs> really wrong, but they were calling to constantly reiterate this thing that Medicaid and Medicare have somehow been successful programs. And folks, it's time for us as Republicans and conservatives to fight back with facts and data to show people that these are not successful programs. Now, to be clear, in contrast to some of the liberal, literally imbeciles, like people with no IQs at all, who tweeted to me or tweeted about me and said, you know, I heard Dan Bongino on Mark Levin. He's suggesting that we rip healthcare away from senior citizens. You're just an idiot. You're a dope. That's just stupid. And I've, I really have zero respect for you because you have no capacity to engage in an actual intellectual um, you know, dialogue with people. You just want to throw invective. But I'm going to give you stats. Why the gu- Is it not fair, Joe, to ask right now like why these programs are failing and to give data? Is yeah. that not fair? Like, if, if you're, Even if you're alleging as a liberal that Medicare and Medicaid, to be clear, the program that provides government-run health insurance mm-hmm. for people in their 60s and older, and then Medicaid, a program that was at least originally designed to provide health care for the poor, but has since expanded to people outside of what we would call poor, mm-hmm. is it not fair to say, well, are these programs working? If they are, what are the measures and metrics we're using? And how can we improve upon them? According to liberals, that's not fair. You bring that up, Joe, you want to kill old people. Because no, you're idiots. perfectly fair. Perfectly yeah, yeah, fair. of course it's fair. And you're just a moron to people who tweet it. So I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to reasonable liberals, Democrats, and even some Republicans who think these programs are just a swimming success and we should leave them alone and do nothing. Now, one of the points one of the callers brought up on the show, the liberal callers, was he said... Well, nobody's going to insure a, a bunch of 65 and older folks in Medicaid, people that need health care, because they're really expensive. So the government has to do it. Um, hmm. Really? And I brought up the point. I want to uh, redo the show completely. This is just the setup here. But I said to him, like, where do we where do we talk about that anywhere else? Like, where? So you, what you're saying is there are a lot of really good customers, right? who have money, older people tend to have assets, younger people don't, for the, the very simple reason, Joe, this doesn't take advanced uh, degrees in economics to figure out, they've been working their entire life. Hey, Paula, can you turn it down a little bit? It's still, the volume's still on. 
You don't have to cut that out. Sorry, Joe. I mean, uh, folks, I'm doing the show from Freedom Fest, Freedom Fest today in uh, Las Vegas in the hotel room, and the uh, the uh, Fox News is on in the background. That's a great part about a non-live show that we treat as a live show. Ordinarily, you'd cut that stuff. I don't do. I like the show to sound conversational. But the point is, <laughs> folks, you have older people with assets willing to spend money on medical care, and people who provide medical care don't want them. Does that make any sense to you? What other area? I, I said to the 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 caller, what other area? Do you have a hot market for goods where no one wants to provide their goods? Does that make any sense? No. Like if you, all right, so I live in, I live in Florida, Southern Florida. It's the spring training capital of the world, right? You have a lot of minor league baseball teams around there. So can you imagine Joe going, hey, listen, there's a real shortage of baseballs in Southern Florida, uh, but you got a bunch of people and teams that need baseballs. And uh, amazingly, no one's going to fill that vacuum. That would be dumb. There'd be a thousand people running in there tomorrow trying to produce baseballs because they can sell them. Sure. The reason this guy said this is because government has so screwed up the healthcare market for people in their 60s and older by taking it over and monopolizing it is that they've skewed the price system to the point where doctors aren't adequately compensated for their care so they don't want to service some of these patients that in a price in a free market price mechanism where the price mechanism determines the level of service and the uh, the level of supply and the level of demand for the product, this doesn't happen. I, I know I'm being unnecessarily confusing and I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really trying to hammer home this point because I hear this from liberals all the time. Well, no one's going to insure a bunch of 60 year olds because they're really expensive. I don't know what's so confusing about it. If the government wasn't providing it and there was no insurance available, <laughs> right? A bunch of people come would, up with some plans. Yeah. I, 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 Joe, you know, sometimes I, having you on the show is the perfect foil because I, I, I think to be self-critical here, my love affair with economics pushes me to explain things in curves and supply demand intersection and market clearing prices when what you just said is very simple yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely right if the government wasn't there providing it and screwing up the whole system i assure you there would literally be thousands of people and companies and healthcare providers going oh there's old people with money who want to spend it on healthcare i'll do it yeah <laughs> right is that, that sum it up if this is the dumbest thing. No other product follows these rules where there's a bunch of money chasing a product and nobody wants to provide it. No one. The reason nobody wants to provide it for old people is because the government's paying and it doesn't pay enough. Mm-hmm. Why does it not pay enough? Because it's taking taxpayer money and it's, they're running out of it. Now, I have a whole bunch of numbers on this I want to get to. I, I, I don't want to belabor the opening here, but I want to show you the futility of defending Medicare and Medicaid and how ridiculous this is. Not This is not a me getting sidetracked either. I'm doing this intentionally. But I want to kind of veer off a second into a different story to show you how this could possibly change. Because the liberal callers were evidence of this recalcitrance, Joe, this, 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 let me fortify the wall. They don't want to change Medicare and Medicaid no matter what. They don't. Mm-hmm. The callers will, and, and no matter the data you give them, the $28 trillion in debt, uh, the massive amount of unfunded liabilities in Medicaid stats, I'll get to you about Medi-Cal in California, which is the biggest uh, Medicaid uh, you know, program in the country, how it's absolutely collapsing. I'll give you those stats in a second. But they don't want to change anything. But here's a story that shows you that they might in the future. So uh, IJ Review as a, as a really good story. I'll put all this in the show notes at Bongino.com. Please sign up for my email list, Bongino.com. I can email you the show notes daily with the articles. 
So New York City, I don't know if you've seen this, Joe, but uh, I, I'm a, I was a New Yorker. New York City, everybody gets around using the subway system, and the subway system in New York is completely collapsing right now. Um, they've had repairs that they have to make that required them to shut down significant portions of the subway system and the pictures and it's you have to read the ij piece it's really good there are photos of people on instagram people on twitter taking pictures of the absolute disaster that the new york uh the new york subway system has become right now there are lines at the door there are people literally trapped in subway cars uh, subway cars in the summer, 45, 50 minutes at a time, sweating. They're begging to get out. They won't open the doors. The pictures are all in there. You can see them for themselves. And Andrew Cuomo, a liberal, the governor of New York, and Bill de Blasio, the uh, communist mayor of New York, are getting slammed by Manhattanites and people who use the system, the overwhelming majority of which are Democrats. Now, the reason I bring this story, they're getting slammy, getting crushed on Twitter and social media everywhere. The reason this story is important is I'm convinced the liberal reluctance to repair or fix Medicaid and Medicare. I'm not talking about the activists. I'm talking about real world liberals that live real lives. I'm not talking about the activist side. The real world reluctance to fix that is because a lot of this hasn't slammed them in the face yet. If you're in Medicare and you're getting reasonably good service and you have a doctor, um, there's a fear. And, and folks, I understand that. And we as conservatives shouldn't run from that. Uh, then we're just as bad as the liberals. We're ignoring facts and data. But we should understand that if you're you know, 75, 80 years old and you're running a little bit low on money, you've expended a lot of your assets and you're getting medical care and you're sick. And that medical care is coming at the expense of the taxpayer. And to be fair, and you too, you paid in. Your entire life. You may not have paid in what you're going to get out, but you certainly paid in. There's no doubt about it. It's not your fault that the system was designed terribly. They're scared, Joe. Yeah. And I understand that. And they're scared because they they don't want what they have to go away, even if what they have is substandard because they don't. The alternative, it's, it goes to the saying in, uh, in, in economics, you can't prove a counterfactual. They don't see. The other alternative, because it doesn't exist, because the government runs healthcare for people 60 and older. There is no law, you know, free market alternative or a substantial one. You get what I'm saying? So there's no like Mm -hmm. they can't. It's not like the price is right. Where do you want package number A or do you want package number B? Here's what's in package uh, letter B. Excuse me. Uh, That's not what they have. They have. Do you want. You know, uh, the, the reward package A with the trip to Italy and a new car? Or do you want what's behind uh, door letter B? Well, what's behind? I don't know. We're not going to tell you. That's why they stick with the package they have. People's fear of loss in economics always overwhelms their hope of gain. And that's right. been studied over and over again. I've mentioned this on the show repeatedly by coin toss experiments where, if you know, if you tell people, OK, you toss a coin this amount of times, you win this amount of money if you get this. But if you engage in the experiment, and you lose. You have to give us this. People's fear of loss always overwhelms their hope of gain. So that's what that's what's happening with Medicare and Medicaid. Now, what does it have to do with the story in New York? Now in New York, all of this is starting to come to fruition. Years and years of government-run monopolies on the public transportation system, government-run unions, the failure to repair the tracks. You have to see some of the pictures. Trains, floors being held together by duct tape, people stuck in their sweat bites. The pictures are disgusting in the IJPs. Um, Now that they're seeing it and it's hurting them in real time, their fear of loss, which to transplant that to the public transportation sectors, their fear of not having transportation, 
is being overwhelmed by their fear of what the transportation is now, Joe. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the, the transportation system sucks so bad now that they're like, wow, I'm really scared. Like I can't go do this every day. I don't want to be on a train held together by duct tape and zip ties. You, you think I'm making this up? Go to the IJ piece. Look at the pictures yourself. Z- zip ties, Joe. Train pieces being <laughs> held together. by this is not, I know we're, this is not even funny, but it's like it's tragic. Now... Their fear factor of what they have now is starting to override their fear of loss. A lot of them, I bet, are starting to say, well, gosh, you know, at this point, I'd rather walk to Manhattan from Long Island and be stuck on this sweat box again. So when that happens in the healthcare arena, and that's why people are attacking, they're forgetting politics because they're Democrats. The majority of the people complaining are Democrats just by the sheer numbers. Joe, I'm not saying anything outrageous. Manhattan is overwhelmed by Democrats. So is New York in general. They're attacking their own party right now because it's hurting them. And the fear of what they have is overcoming the fear of loss of what they have because what they have is just so bad. That has not happened yet with Medicare, but it is happening with Medicaid. And I don't wish that on people. I have a 96-year-old grandmother, as I've uh, said repeatedly. Uh, She just hurt herself badly. And I'm glad she's getting care, even if it is through a substandard Medicare system right now. I wish we would change it, but right. I'm glad she's, she's, you know, she's, she's my grandmother and she's very healthy for 96. But it is starting to happen with Medicaid too. And I think that the whole point of me bringing this up is I think the tide is beginning to turn a little bit on liberalism in general, where even some liberals are starting to ask questions. Now, I, that's, now that was the IJ story about the transportation sector. Let me go back. Well, one more point about that, because it's not fair for me to say, well, this is the way the public transportation system does it, right? They no. screw it up. They have to rebuild the tracks. They had to shut down tracks. They're so bad. You may say fairly enough, if you're a liberal listener, before I move on to the Medicaid, Medicaid disaster, you may say, well, well, the private sector isn't much better. And I say to you, really? Are you sure? I mean, I just got back, Joe, from Disney, the Magic Kingdom, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Up in D- Have you been to Disney before? Uh, Magic in Florida, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, so the the Magic Kingdom down in Florida, they're doing a renovation of Main Street down there. A lot of the I pulled a muscle in my back. Someone told me to stop complaining on the air about being <laughs> so. I agree. I totally get it. But hey, folks, it's my it's my show. You live with me. I did. I got a little like scapula thing going on. Um, they're doing a Main Street remodel, and on Main Street, you'd never be able to tell. What they did was in order to keep the magic of the Magic Kingdom alive, they don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, they have underground tunnels and everything to make sure you don't see the characters changing. What they've done at Disney in their remodel, in contrast to the New York City subway system remodel, where they just said, hey, screw it. Sorry, we're going to shut down the tracks. Find a different way to get to Manhattan. Uh, what? Okay. Disney, to keep the park open while they're doing the remodel of Main Street, has these, I don't know what they're, they're like tarps, but the tarps are painted or photographed or whatever to look exactly like the storefronts they're covering. Oh. So when you go down Main Street, so Joe, they have like, say they have a couple of stores closed on Main Street. You can't see what's going on behind the tarp at all. And the tarp is painted or photographed to look exactly like the storefront. So if you're looking from even 20 or 30 feet away, you barely notice the difference. Well, and if tourists take pictures, I guess you you really can't tell too much. You you can't tell. The difference is, now, what's the difference between the public transportation system that underwent the remodel and said, we don't really give a crap. Okay, we're going to shut down the tracks because the whole system's breaking down and you just need to find a different way. 
And the difference between Disney that did it their way with the tarps in front where there was almost no impact on customer service at all. The difference is one is a free market product, the Disney Mm -hmm. Magic Kingdom, where they have to attract customers. And another is a government run monopoly that gives you two middle fingers and says, you know what? Find a different way. We don't really care because we own the tracks. We own the system. Government that we take taxpayer dollars. We have no accountability at all. Too bad. The only accountability is in the voting booth. And frankly, de Blasio and Cuomo both know this will probably blow over and they'll both be reelected. That, sadly, that's a fact. Man. Unless this gets really bad or even worse, which I'm not wishing on anyone, just to be clear. But that's the difference, folks. One has an incentive. The incentive is to keep customers because the customers have a choice. The benefit of the free market. The public transportation system, there is no choice. You either take the subway in New York or you walk or you take a taxi or somewhere else. And with traffic in New York, that's virtually impossible. That's the downside to government. Okay. Now, I want to move on because although Medicare has not, you know, thankfully so yet collapsed to the point where the fear of the current system is worse than the fear of losing it, Medicaid is collapsing. Now, the piece I put in the show notes. I'm pretty sure it's open. It's a Wall Street Journal piece, so I get a lot of complaints on that because a lot of the pieces are subscriber only. I'm pretty sure this one you can read. I have the link in the show notes. I, I clicked on it through another account and I got right in. But it's a really, really good piece on the uh, Potemkin village that Medicaid is. You know, it's a false facade. Mm. It gives you some damning statistics on just how bad Medicaid is collapsing in California and how the fear of what they have now is already overriding the fear of... Uh, you know, fear of losing what they have now. All right, before I get to that, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Thank you for all the nice emails about their product. I did not make the product. I didn't design the product, but I'm happy to be, uh, you know, th- to support them. It's a great company. Miles and Adam over there do a really great job. And the doc, they put together a great best, uh, a great uh, uh, list of products. Excuse me. I was going to say bevy of products. And I said a best, a bevy of a list. It's a best. <laughs> But they have a really great list of products. One of my favorites is Foundation. Foundation gets me through the day. I do two-a-days. I lift in the morning, do my kettlebells, do my cardio. And then at night, I go back and I do a lot of my grappling, which I really enjoy. And I would not be able to get through the day without Foundation. It is a creatine ATP blend. And without going into the physiology of what creatine and ATP do in any – it's not a, this isn't a physiology course here, right? Creatine and ATP are, they support your body for when, when you engage in anaerobic stress, anaerobic activity. In other words, activities you don't have to breathe to do. You may say, well, that sounds crazy. Well, does it? I mean, if you do a set of uh, 10, you say you do the bench press or you're doing a squat, you don't have to breathe. Now, I highly recommend you do. You'll yeah. probably pass out. But for your muscles to contract, they don't need oxygen. That's what we call anaerobic. The fuel they use to do that is basically stored in the form of creatine and ATP combined to help you give a, to help give you the energy to do that, gain uh, engage in an anaerobic contraction of a muscle. You get You get an extra gas tank in the gym. And the extra gas tank is in the bottle of foundation. Give it a shot. It is it, the, the mirror test is the back. I can't say enough good stuff about this. I love the product. I loved it before they were uh, even a sponsor. Try the product. Take a mental snapshot. Look in the mirror. See what you look like. Seven days later, give it time to load because it takes a little while to build up in your system. Seven days later, give it a look. Give yourself a look in the mirror. You'll be very impressed. It's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. You won't regret it. Okay. So this Wall Street Journal piece about the Medi-Cal failure is just disturbing. 
And again, how liberals will use Medicaid as a defense of government run medicine and, you know, Medicaid and Medicare for all is disturbing. And, you know, it's interesting when liberals put up the sign, another note here for you folks, is I'm always savvy to what the liberals are doing with their focus group tested uh, talking points. Is you ever notice, Joe, with the signs when these pro Obamacare protesters show up, they never say Medicaid for all. They always say Medicare for all. Hmm. They say Medicare for all because Medicare is a program that that caters more to people who vote in higher percentages. Older folks in their 60s and older vote in greater percentages than younger people do. That's just a fact. You may not like it, but it's absolutely true. To be honest, I've never noticed that, but I'm going to look now. Yeah, Thanks. next time yeah. you see a sign and you see it on Fox or, or you're watching mm-hmm. the news, you'll see the protesters. They'll have a sign up. It'll say Medicare for it. It never says Medicaid for all. It says Medicare because they know older people vote and they want to cater to that market. And they know older people are generally uh, fearful of losing their Medicare. Another reason they don't put Medicaid for all is because Medicaid is collapsing and some liberal interest groups are even starting to take notice now, just like the New York City subway system. Now, to be fair here, I will give you the liberal side of this first. And I'm, I'm framing the Medicaid argument in terms of what's going on in California for one very simple reason, Joe. It's the largest population of Medicaid recipients in the country. As a matter of fact, this is a pretty staggering number. Medicaid, which is government-run health care for people who are supposed to be poor, but now gives it to people who are at 138% of the poverty line, and the asset test has gone away, so you can have millions in assets and potentially still get Medicaid. Hmm. But Medicaid in California covers an astounding 14 million people. Man. Now, think about that. That is... Almost three times the population of the state Joe lives in right now, Maryland, where I'd run for office. Maryland has over five million people. So you're talking about a population on Medicaid alone in California that is nearly three times the population of the great state of Maryland. Uh, This is stunning. Now, I, I say this in my opening because liberals think that's a success. That is one of their markers for success. I'm not kidding, Joe. Now, I understand. Yeah, another one of their markers for success is that since the Obama Medicaid expansion, which just to be clear, the Medicaid expansion under Obamacare expanded Medicaid uh, from the poverty line to up to 138% of the poverty line. And what it also did is it enabled the states to engage in a funding formula where the first few years of the expansion, the new recipients of Medicaid, Joe, the government, the federal government would pay 100%. That changes to 90% after 2020, but I'll get to that too in a second, how that's a scam. But the liberals think that's a success too. Good. The federal government's picking up the cost. You're like, well, where does the federal government get the money from? Oh, the taxpayers. Well, who are the taxpayers? You. So you're picking up the the federal government, (laughs) schmetteral government. What are you talking about? The federal government is you. It doesn't create anything. It's not IBM. The federal government gets money from you. So Libs think it's a success because they added 6 million people on the Obamacare expansion. 14 million total people are now on Medicaid. They call it Medi-Cal in California, but it's Medicaid in California. Mm-hmm. Um, they got $20 billion more in federal funds due to the Obamacare expansion, which again comes from you, but the Libs think that's great. And this is, this is just, this is amazing. This, this, I, I saw this number and I'm like, really? The Medi-Cal budget is $103 billion. What? The, that's just the Medi-Cal budget. The entire budget for the state of Florida, the great state of Florida where I live, the third largest state in the country, the entire budget for the state of California is only around $80 billion. 
Jeez. It's $103 billion in California alone just for Medi-Cal. But, Joe, again, the liberals, this is their marker for success. Just like the liberal callers who called in the show, they think this is great. Now, here's the reality. The liberals will say, well, what's the big deal? The federal government picks up the cost 100% for the Medicaid expansion. Okay, well, that's easily debunked because, number one, that's your money. The federal government doesn't, doesn't have... They get the money from you, whether and, and California being the largest state in the country, the largest uh, you know the donor of, of federal tax dollars that, that, are, that are being confiscated are being confiscated from the people of California. So the joke is on you. Like the federal government isn't paying for it, you're paying for it. Whether it comes from the federal government or the state government, you're paying for it. The percentages may vary, but you're you're in the end you're paying for it. But here's another point that you you really need to hammer your liberal friends on. This is really critical. And this is where it's really coming to bite the Californians in the caboose. And to get back to my point, this is where it's turning into the New York City subway disaster, where it's starting to really impact people now. And their fear of what they have now is starting to overcome their fear of loss. Liberal groups are now suing. And here's a quote here. The benef- some Medicare, uh, Medi-Cal beneficiaries are uh, taking the system to court and they're suing Joe. To, to, uh, and this is a quote here because the system is, quote, separate and unequal. Now, why are they saying that? If you're getting Medi-Cal, in other words, free Medicare from the government, quote, free, which is their lingo, not mine, but that's what the term the left uses. Why would you sue saying the system is separate and unequal? Well, even if you buy the argument that the federal government's paying and therefore, Joe, it's free to Californians, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Even if you buy that pure, unadulterated stupidity, the government may be able, the federal government, compensate the states money-wise, but they can't make up the time. Now, what do I mean by that? Now that these individuals in California have, quote, free health care, what are they doing? The argument made by Obamacare was, the Obamacare proponents was, oh, now that they have this, quote, free health care, finally people will start going to primary care physicians and not going to the emergency room where they went before. Now, follow me. This is really critical here because this dismantles the entire far left argument about why one Obamacare was good and how government can predict what's going to happen and can fix government, you know, can fix uh, health care. Government has the answer. They don't have the answers. They, all their predictions have been wrong. One of the government's arguments for expanding Medicaid was that, well, people who don't have insurance go to the emergency room for care when they should go to a primary care physician. Now, why would they do that, Joe? Because in the emergency room, which I know you're aware of, you mm-hmm. have to be cared for. You can't. You cannot right. legally be turned away in an emergency room. You can be from a doctor's office. But right. legally, if you walk into an emergency room in America uh, with anything from a cough to a stage 67.2, I'm making that up, heart attack, they can't throw you out of the emergency room by law. So a lot of people who are here illegally or don't have insurance wind up using the emergency room for coughs and colds because they mm-hmm. can't be thrown out. The argument Obamacare advocates and big government medicine advocates made was, oh, if we just gave them, quote, free health care, Joe, and we gave them government-sponsored health care, that they'll stop using the emergency room because now they'll have insurance and they can go to doctors. Well, you and I, Joe, being interested in this crazy thing called facts and data, mm-hmm. we would say, well... What actually happened to emergency room visits after a Medicaid was expanded? And we did what you said, liberals. You said this was a good idea. It was going to save money, right? What actually happened? Well, getting back to my California can't be compensated for the time, people are flooding into emergency rooms at a greater rate than they were before 
the Medicaid expansion. Now, you may say that can't possibly be true. Okay, now let me read to you a quote from the Wall Street Journal. I should have pulled this up, but I love this topic so much. You got me on a good day, folks. This is my, uh, (laughs) I really enjoy this. Healthcare economics is my passion. Okay, here's a quote from the Wall Street Journal piece. Places with large Medicaid populations like Fresno, California, where half, Joe, you're not in the piece, Joe, that's not a quote, but where half, Joe, of the residents are in Medi-Cal. Farther north, the UC Davis Medical Center terminated its managed care contract with Medi-Cal two years ago because of low payments. The Santa Clara Grand Jury report in this lawsuit that the the beneficiaries of Medi-Cal are bringing against Medi-Cal says that half of the primary care physicians in the Bay Area do not treat new Medi-Cal patients, most cite low reimbursements, time-consuming paperwork, (laughs) and payment delays. In effect, Medi-Cal rations care by underpaying providers. Here's another, uh, here's another, it goes on. The shortage of doctors accepting Medi-Cal together with the surge in enrollment brings patients, where, Joe? To the emergency room instead. So what's, I'm going to go on in a second, but I want to stop at the quote here. I'll, I'll continue the rest in a minute. So what are they saying? Let me sum that up for you. Government expanded Medicaid, gave people, you know, quote, free health care. Mm-hmm. Government did not have the money because the taxpayers don't, there's not enough of a tax base to finance, Joe, 14 million people in California receiving an open-ended enrollment. Oh, yeah. open-ended, meaning you could get, you, you, Joe, do you know that California Medi-Cal pays for acupuncture, chiropractic <laughs> care? I'm not kidding. I don't even think my insurance that I pay good money for pays for acupuncture. But no, no, wow. the taxpayers are paying for other people to have acupuncture. They don't have the money. So what happened? The taxpayers don't have the money. So they had to cut the reimbursement rates. So what's happening? The doctors who are saying, hey, it cost me $5,000 to open my doors in the morning, paying for all these machines and my administrative staff. I can't accept a bunch of government patients, Joe, that are going to pay me at one third of the reimbursement rate that I would get if I was just selling my services in the free market. So then what happened? 55% of primary care doctors in the area said we're not taking on new Medi-Cal patients. So then what happened? Medi-Cal patients can't get to see a primary care doctor, which was the original goal of Obamacare. So now what are they doing, Joe? They're flooding where? Into the the emergency rooms in greater (laughs) rates than they were before. This is like the stupid is so strong here. I, I... by the way, Sessions is responding to Trump. We'll, I'll get to that in a second here. The Sessions thing's blowing up. But they're flooding into the ER in greater rates than they were before Obamacare when the stated goal of Obamacare was to keep people out of the ER. Now, I, I had this conversation. I'm flying with my wife yesterday uh, to Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's into politics like I am. She, she loves facts and data, too. And she was the one this morning we woke up. She's like, you really need to talk about that Obamacare story. She goes, the way you explained it to me, walking through how Obamacare, let's keep people out of the ER. It's really expensive. Let's give them taxpayer insurance. Mm-hmm. Let's give them taxpayer insurance, but let's not pay the doctors enough. Mm-hmm. Doctors then say, well, if I can't make enough off these patients, I can't accept new patients. Therefore, 
patients can't get a doctor. Patients then go into the emergency room in greater rates than before she was. That's just an amazing story of how stupid liberals are. This ties into the, the subway tracks in New York City because now they can't get a doctor and they can't get into ER either because the ER beds are even crowded. I'm going to read more about that in a second. Even the ER beds are so what are they doing? A lady had to go to Mexico to get gallbladder surgery on Medi-Cal because she couldn't get into ER or a doctor. I mean, liberals, can you get out of your own way? Are you this stupid? You now have liberals suing other liberals in California because liberal programs aren't big enough and helping liberals. Just like you have liberals complaining against liberal uh, governance in New York City because liberal programs like uh, public finance transportation are not working. Nothing is going to happen until we start to take the Rahm Emanuel theory of government, not letting a crisis go to waste. And I don't mean it in the cynical way he did. I mean it in a good way. When we see a crisis, we have to step in as Republicans and make the counter argument, whether it's someone running for mayor in New York City. And I'm not sure if anyone's doing this. Well, they probably are. I'm not really following New York City mayor's race, but comes in and says, this is the problem. This is the big government failure. Here's the alternative. Here's what we could have done. The same thing we have to be doing with Medicaid right now. And you may be saying, well, what is that? Folks, we can have a safety net, but we can give people control over their own health care through the, we can do it through the tax code. We can do it through a, a uh, cash payment type system. And you may be saying, well, gosh, you're going to give them cash. Folks, well, compared to what? To what we're doing now? Mm-hmm. Where we're paying off the doctors and hospitals at a low reimbursement rate and not even taking patients? I'm not suggesting we should keep 14 million people on a rotating cash payment system, but maybe we pick the poorest of the poor and say, here's a cash equivalent voucher to buy your own insurance. You're on your own. You're not on your own to live or die, but you're on your own to pick a healthcare system that works for you because you can't even get a doctor or a hospital now. Make sense, Joe? Yeah, I've, I've, okay. heard, this, I've heard that before, yeah. Now, this is amazing. ER, mm-hmm. this is, let me, this is continue, uh, me continuing the Wall Street Journal piece. Here's a quote again from, uh, about Medi-Cal. ER visits by Medi-Cal patients rose, let me start over because this number, like even when I read it, I'm like, this can't be right. (laughs) ER visits by Medi-Cal patients rose 75% over the past five years, according to California's own Office of Statewide Health Planning and Development. (sighs) Folks, nothing liberals tell you is ever true. Nothing. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. There was an Oregon study. Same thing about ER usage. ER usage went up after Obamacare. Nothing. This is crazy. Okay. Here's another uh, another quote from the piece. Again, to show you the cascade of horrors coming out of Obamacare and the Medicaid expansion. Bet liberals will still defend it. Now, Medi-Cal patients with minor maladies, Joe, are inundating ERs, inundating, excuse me, where they get free care and take up beds needed for patients who actually require emergency treatment. Mm-hmm. He says that this uh, the author, they interviewed someone. He says a sister hospital had so many Medi-Cal patients streaming in during flu season that it had to erect a tent outside the hospital. This is a tremendous waste of resources. I'm still quoting. Since a visit to the ER costs five times as much as an appointment with a primary care physician. But California has little reason to care since Washington pays most of the bill. Folks. The government can't get its head out of its own caboose. Now, you want some more numbers? Because I promised you this at the beginning of the show about how bad Medicaid and Medica- Medicare are. Yeah. On Medicare alone. The trustee report, by the way, these are non-politicians. The trustee report for Medicaid, of uh, Medicare, excuse me. The reserves are going to be exhausted, the Medicare reserves, by 2028. So we have 11 years. There's no money left. Okay? Is this scary enough yet? Medicare mm. and Social Security, currently 40% of government spending. 
Part A, the hospital portion of Medicare, lost a staggering $128 billion between 2008 and 2014. Kathleen Sebelius, the former HHS director under Obama, HHS secretary, excuse me, acknowledged that they're double counting the Obamacare taxes towards Medicare and, and towards Obamacare. In other words, the taxes that Obamacare levied on Americans, they're using mm-hmm. them to pay for Obamacare subsidies and Medicare, and they're double counting them. Medicare, uh, the uh, Medicare for all would cost $32 trillion, $28 trillion of Medicare has an unfunded liabilities over the next 75 years, $28 trillion in unfunded obligations, 10% of the Medicare budget is fraud. But again, liberals will use that as a marker for success. Explain those away, Libs. And for what I said to the caller on the show is, yeah, you think there's no free market alternative uh, that, that exists that could, uh, that could take care of the Medicare population? And the guy said, well, it doesn't exist. Well, I said... Of course it wouldn't exist because the way it's run now, they have $28 trillion in unfunded liabilities. Every other company would be out of business. They would actually have to run a program that works. Here's some Medicaid numbers. Medicaid overall, not just Medi-Cal, Medicaid over the whole country, covers over 70 million people. It was 9% of state budgets in 1989, Joe. It's over 20% now. They had a 50-50 cost split. Now the federal government in the expansion pays 100% for new patients, 90% after 2020. A third of doctors in the country admit they won't take new Medicaid patients. This is rationing by price. The price is so low, the care gets rationed. The asset test has gone away, and a University of Virginia study on Medicaid shows you're 13% more likely to die on Medicaid after surgery than someone who had zero insurance at all. Sounds like a great program, doesn't it, folks? Mm. But liberals will defend it. All right. Uh, quickly on this uh, sessions thing, I wanted to bring this up and moving on, but that was a lot of data crunched into one, what was that, about 40 minutes of content right there. So yesterday, for those of you who may have missed it, uh, Donald Trump gave an interview in the New York Times. It was an audio interview only. And in the interview, he said that he had some regrets about hiring Sessions as the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, the senator from Alabama, because Sessions immediately recused himself from the Russia investigation when it was discovered that uh, Sessions, shocker here, Joe, as a U.S. senator, uh, had a meeting with a Russian ambassador. So it was just, it was just a dumb story. Now, I, I just, because people ask me my opinion on these things, I'm going to give it to you quick and I'm going to move on. I don't think Sessions should have recused himself. I think it was a really bad call. I think it was a bad decision. Having said that again, I think Sessions is a is an honorable man, a very honorable man. People I know who know Jeff Sessions, I don't know him, uh, swear by his character and his principles. Doesn't mean you have to agree with every decision, but he's a good man. Um, I, I think it was a mistake. I think Trump saying that was a mistake, and uh, I've always tried to be a straight shooter with you all. I like a lot of what Trump's doing, but I think it was a big mistake. Um, you just can't throw your guys under the bus like that. Uh, it was a bad call, the recusal from the Russia investigation by the attorney general. I agree, but uh, I don't think that was a wise decision. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay, um, one more quick thing, and then uh, uh, um, we're going to wrap it up. But um, you sign up for CRTV yet? If you haven't, please do go to CRTV.com. Got my new show coming soon. We have Mark Levin's show there, Stephen Crowder's show, all conservative content. Michelle Malkin show some of the best conservative content out there. You can watch it on your computer, your tablet, your smartphone. Take it with you. It's terrific. I love it. I watch it all day. Keep it up on my computer. I, I hit refresh when the shows come up. Go to CRTV.com. Put in promo code Bongino. That's B-O-N-G-I-N-O. You'll get $10 off. It adds up to about the cost of a New York City turkey sandwich per month. It's super cheap, especially compared to the ridiculous amounts you're paying for cable for a lot of crap content. We have the best conservative content out there. Go check it out. CRTV.com. Use promo code Bongino. Hey, uh, one last thing in the show notes today. I'm putting up a piece from my friends over at uh, Get Liberty, Rick Manning over there in that group. They do a really good job. 
and it calls your attention to two United States senators who are selling you out. And uh, I don't really particularly enjoy Republican on Republican political uh, attacks, but folks, the Republican Party's dying. It's dying. We have political strength and ideological weakness, and that's a match made in hell. Mm. We had two United States senators, Shelley Moore Capito from West Virginia and Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, who in 2015 voted for a straight repeal of Obamacare. Why? Because they knew Barack Obama was in office and there was no political penalty for them to face, so they didn't have to face an ideological fight. Now there's a straight repeal vote coming up and Capito from West Virginia, both Republicans, by the way, and Murkowski of Alaska are saying they are going to vote no. Read this piece on Get Liberty. It's a short piece, but it's pretty damning. You need to call their office if you're in their district and tell them they are absolutely, if they are to support you and support your votes and your donations and your time when you supported them, that they are to vote for repeal of Obamacare. They are absolutely to vote. This is an ideological sellout of the highest order. All right, go give it a look. Uh, Shelley Moore Capito from West Virginia and Lisa Murkowski. These are Republicans that already voted for repeal. Stand up, do something, have some principles. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.